It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. There's a great task needing to be done. No doubt you've heard of our trouble at home. A dragon. Fire and stench. It is evil. Pure and simple. You want me to do battle with that? Behold, for I am chosen, I shall die that many may live. Twice each year, the king selects a new victim. Chosen by lot. Girls. Virgins. Your king's made a pact with a monster. But your children were dying. Only a few. Does that sound cruel? Blacksmith, have you ever forged a weapon? Dragon Slayer. Coming from Paramount Pictures. Hello and welcome to the Film with Three Brains. I am Sean in Chicago. Wow. There's so much energy. <laughs> I'm Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And Sam in San Francisco. So um, I'm not sure where the energy came from. Maybe it was <laughs> moved by the mysticism of this movie. It is called Dragon Slayer. And it, it is a, I guess it qualifies as a sword and sorcery movie from the 80s, but it's early 80s. And it's not like most of the stuff that's, that, you know, that you consider sword and sorcery, like like the one we did. Um, oh, blank it out. She's going to kill me. What was it? Beastmaster. Thank you. Beastmaster. Um <laughs> I mean, there are some similarities, of course, but this is, you know, more about sorcery than anything else. And um, it's uh, one that we apparently missed. I I only saw it like a year or 18 months ago. And I was sort of like, you know, when we were talking about do we pick movies that we've never seen? And I was like, well, I could pick this one. I'll just watch it. What the hell? And I watched it and I was like, OK, well, this is good enough to pick. I'll pick this one. And I was surprised hmm. to find out that you guys had not seen it. <laughs> yeah, so I, so that's worse, isn't it? If I knew going in while I was up, uh, what I was in for, and I still picked it. What do you think about that? Well, you said the words <laughs> that it's good enough to pick. Okay, which is you... which is which is nuanced from coming from you, because it's <laughs> good enough to pick could just mean it's good enough to discuss in a negative yeah. way because you have all <laughs> sorts of things you want to nitpick about it <laughs> or it could mean it's good enough to pick that the movie is good enough that it's worth telling other people about <laughs> mm. well as i <laughs> we'll mentioned we'll see where we end up yeah, yeah we'll see we'll see how this shakes out but as i said amy was was well was very familiar with it from her childhood yeah and has fond memories of it and she even wanted to watch it we watched it again together um I've actually seen it twice, I think, because I was trying to watch it first to make sure I because she was kind of talking over it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm trying to concentrate here. You know, it's, it's a bit awkward anyway. But she, she really likes it. And she was really defending the movie as well, which was interesting because um, I was kind of poking holes already. And I was like and she's like, you know, but it's because of this and, the, you know, and the Christianity and the in Middle Ages and, you know, we'll get to all that. But but what did you guys what what are where should we start here? Well, I had I have seen it before. So you you had you remembered the shield and the and the scales. Yeah, I remember this the shield made out of scales, and and other things were like ringing bells a little bit, seemed familiar. But other than the 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 shield made from scales, it, it's not like I could remember anything. It was like watching it for the first time. I just know that I've seen it because there were a few things here and there. Like, all right, okay. Hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen next. And even after it happened, I wasn't, I wasn't like, Oh, right. That happened. I remember that. No, I don't like, I just, I'm just pretty sure I saw it. Do you think you saw it start to finish or just, just caught a? Oh yeah. Piece, I, piece I'm of... almost certain I rented it at some okay. point when we were kids. Yeah. It'd be shocking I, definitely, if you didn't. I definitely remember the poster and like the tape cover for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I would be, I would, I can't imagine a universe where I wouldn't rent this movie as a 10 year old or whatever. Yeah. Right up my alley. But <laughs> that being said, <laughs> I can't say I cared much for it. Okay. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is like dated effects. Very which, dated. Which sometimes you can forgive a movie if it has something else going on <laughs> that you can <laughs> latch onto and get into. But for this, I just, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. 
sorry. I know some people love it. Like I looked it up, looked up on Rotten Tomatoes to see its, you know, freshness rating and shit. It's shockingly high. Yeah. Um, it looked it looked a bit high to me. I, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> yeah. No. I, no. I mean, I, I have to agree. Like, it, it didn't have that thing that you latch onto. I was trying to figure it out too, and I think that um, you know, we didn't really discuss too much what it's about yet. I don't know if you want to give a synopsis, but um, mm. we'll pretend that maybe you will later. But <laughs> the thing that I realized is. When you're developing your hero, you know, because he starts out with this little, you know, he's this blonde kind of wide eyed kid and kind of remind me like, hey, they're kind of going off the Luke Skywalker thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting thrown into this thing and instead of a lightsaber. He gets this this necklace that can give him powers and which is the first part I didn't like. I was like, look, if you're going to be a sorcerer, you shouldn't have to touch or hold a necklace to do sorcery. Um I think that 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 takes away the power from the hero. We want our heroes to be to to have the power themselves to to learn how to control their brain and use the force, you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first part of it of of not having the hero that you latch onto. And then later in the movie, he when it be, when it becomes the, the the toughest of time and he's supposed to be the hero, he he goes in to do it and then he escapes. And he reincarnates his mentor who comes back and does the deed. So you, you've built up this guy who's becoming the hero who mm-hmm. at the end is like, nope, I'm actually going to bring back. Like, I like the idea of bringing back your your dead mentor as a helper, but not as the, the actual hero. And well, was he was he the hero, though? Because, I mean, he you said do the deed. Well, the, he was the deed. I mean... Yeah, I know, but it, it. So that's what I'm saying. It took away the powers. Like, hey, here I am. I'll I'll lure the dragon near me using all my magic, and then mm-hmm. just blow me up when yeah. when the time comes. Right. Like that's the sure, but that's not the movie. It is the people who blow themselves up in movies are the people who were a hero and mentoring all along, and are like, okay, go on without me. But the mm-hmm. go on without me in this case was kind of like give up magic is what it sounded like at the end. And get on the horse with the girl and ride off. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like, hey, this is a guy who's going to go on and have other adventures. It's like this is a guy who's like, hey, I'm done with sorcery and dragons. Let's go, you know, find a, a little, you know, cottage in the woods and live our lives out. <laughs> you know, learn how to play ukulele or something. Um, it just, I didn't, it didn't end with it. I didn't feel like it was building up to that moment. You know, when, you know, Obi Wan sacrifices himself in kind of not quite a direct parallel, but he sacrifices himself, you know, to the evil. But then Luke gets to go on and be the hero. This I felt like the mentor sacrifices himself to the evil and then it's just over. The evil goes with him. Like if Darth Vader yeah. would have died at the same moment as, you know, if they would have cut each other's heads off or, you know, slain each other at the same time and both fell over right. dead. They're like, hey, guess what? The trilogy's over. You'd been like, what? <laughs> what was the point of that? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't matter how much little or mu- much of the force Luke would have learned at that point because you're like, they already killed the big bad guy, you know? True. Yeah, so. no, I think you I think you're hitting a lot of really important things, especially like the the way that the 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 ultimate evil, you know, quote unquote evil is the dragon, but they also tell us from the beginning that you know um, dragons wouldn't exist without sorcerers, and um, I think that's what he says, right? Can I get the right? Yeah. yeah. So so true. they're intertwined, but it's not in some like dark crystal type of way where the Skeksis and the thing that people have to come together, you know, so that's like different perspectives or something. It's more like, well, the one's still a dragon. You know, but they don't they don't really go into that. Like, there's a lot of things that they could have gone into. And <clears throat> I'm not going to do a synopsis and, and which is part of my complaint that it's impossible. There's too much. They they put so much into this that it loses focus pretty quickly. I mean, yeah, they because... got the, the Christianity stuff, you know, people, you know, different factions trying to do their own thing. The the the, the most heroic character to me is the princess because, yeah, she you know, believes in something and she, and she's brave and she, I mean, and, <laughs> unceremoniously and, and woman dies. Who, who pretends to be a man. Yeah. You know, yeah. She's the one who yeah. goes on this quest to find a sorcerer to try and save her village and save 
herself to a certain extent, but also all the other, you know, female children, while everyone else is just content with the status quo. Right. That's true. There were two stories there that were that could have been awesome that were were glazed over. Like, the her reveal was a quick reveal and then didn't really lead to too much. And then same with the princess, who you get this one conversation of her being like, "Hey, wait, that what you're doing is not right," and all of a sudden she's you know essentially sacrificing herself. Um, both of which could make movies in of themselves or major plot lines that that were yeah. gone over way too quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, you could have easily been like, I mean, she was the one who figured out, put the scales together to make a shield. Yeah. She's the one who already convinced everyone she's as good as a man and anything else. She could have been the hero of the movie. She should have been. been. Right. They could have been like, because, because also the, the fucking guy, uh, um, Yanosh or a fucking, uh, Galen. Yeah. Um, you know, ultimately he ends up. You know, after the thing with making a mountain fall on him, when he when he finally confronts the dragon again, he's just like a dude with a spear, <laughs> you know, like a regular dude who's got, got a shield and a spear and he's well, fighting with a dragon. Enchanted spear, I guess. I right? guess. So, like, that should have been her. Right. right. You know, yeah, like, right. She should have been the hero here. Yeah, he doesn't really have any experience we don't think with yeah, sword like, play and yeah yeah exactly like what the fuck what's he doing what is this guy doing <laughs> you know? but it sounds like we're, we're like making what? a really good argument that this movie <laughs> should be remade i mean oh what, yeah for sure yeah, sure like he the, the kid should have died like the mountain <laughs> come down on him and, and maybe he died there or maybe not <laughs> And then the girl, you know, like, then she does everything. And then she brings the sorcerer back and he helps her make so, everything. Like, structurally, okay. just nothing about it works. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Just so you know, this is a longstanding dream of mine for this movie to be made, what you just described, where oh, yeah. the hero you think is the hero dies halfway through. Yeah. And someone else is like, oh, they're not the quote unquote chosen one or the hero. It has to yeah. be me. Yeah, you know, like you put all it's your. Actually, um, it's gonna be a movie. Like I that. can think of, I can think of two examples of that. One is, um, and this one isn't is is exactly what you're saying, but it's similar. And that's uh, if you guys ever saw Executive Decision. <laughs> well, it's Kurt Russell, so I mean, with I, Kurt Russell I, I and, it, and right? Steven Seagal. Yep. And Steven Seagal <laughs> dies at the end of the first act, basically, like in the first thirty minutes. You think, like Steven Seagal's well, supposed to be like. Yeah, that's more of a casting thing. No, I that. know. But then, but then, um, but like sub- subverting expectations. And then it, there's a horror movie called Feast. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It won Project Greenlight. Do you guys remember that contest? Yeah. Um, the last year they did it, or the second to last year they did it, it was a horror. It was all horror. And the one that one was called Feast is actually quite good. And the, as they're introducing all the characters, you know. They introduce the hero. He's clearly the hero. He's like this big, tall, strapping dude who's like taking command of everything. And like we're introduced to him and then he immediately gets just torn to bits. You know? <laughs> but um, that's that's the best I can come up with. But yeah, Sam, I okay. agree with you. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I Someone's like probably it. done I, something like it. Like half because that's about halfway through the movie when he does that. Yeah. And if it would have happened there, it would have been like, holy cow. And then you could really focus on the two women mm-hmm. as the as the main yeah. characters. Yeah. I think it would be a much more powerful That would have been cool if she, if she, you know, the, 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 what's her name? The girl who pretended to be a boy. Valerian. Um, Valerian, yeah. If she rescued the princess and together they like faced this dragon and like took him down. <laughs> <laughs> like that would have been interesting. Yeah. I yeah. Like it. I mean, she, she definitely became less assertive, lost her agency, you know, like she, she was like, Oh, well we're in love. Okay. Well then maybe we should just leave, you know, and she just became less interested in everything else and saving her kingdom for one or saving anything. Just like, okay, well we'll just get out of here. Yeah. He's also, the the guy's not very likable either. The character, Peter McNichols character, (laughs) he's kind of a douchebag and yeah, he is. we're, We're like, what? Oh, the arrogance too. Like, where did that come? What have you ever done? Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in here, it says that he, Peter McNichol, 
uh, didn't list this on his resume. Like he was kind of embarrassed about it. I don't know if he still is or if that was just in the past, you know, like when he was, cause he, you know, he's starting to get bigger into movies. I, I vaguely remember, I saw Ally McBeal listed. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember him and yeah. Ally McBeal. That and Ghostbusters two or and Ghostbusters two. Right. But he, you know, he, he's made, you know, and he's done a lot of theater and I'm sure he, I'm sure he's a quite accomplished actor. As, oh yeah. I have no, I have no doubt that he's, I mean, this was his first film. Capable of a lot, a lot. But yeah, but I don't know. I'm curious why he's embarrassed of it, it, embarrassed about it. And maybe that's why. Maybe it's because his character sucks. Yeah. And his performance is weird. Like his choices are odd. And I think I think his decisions probably ultimately were. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not wise in building an interesting character. I don't know. I, after it was over, I thought I was thinking, honestly what I thought. One of the most compelling things about this movie is the confusion caused by this and Dragon's Lair using the same font. <laughs> like, I spent more time getting to the bottom of that <laughs> really thinking about the movie. Wait, well, tell, tell, yeah, go ahead, tell us. Uh, well, there's nothing really to get to the bottom of, just the video game ripped off the font of the movie. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a, it. It's not coincidence. Okay. Okay. No, they're almost, they're I don't know they're virtually identical. I don't think it's possible for it to be a coincidence. Yeah. But and no, there was, so there's not there's not really anything to get to the bottom. I'm sorry. I missed You just thought that. that was more interesting. I thought than a I lot thought of the movie. that yeah. Just like trying to figure out if there was anything there was was more fun than watching this. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you what I like about it since everyone else is we're obviously gonna, you know, kind of we're heading towards thumbs down here, but I'll tell you what I do like about it. <laughs> All right. Um First of all, the beginning and Ralph Richardson, the sorcerer himself. Yeah, he's great. He, Double up. He's, oh, what is he in? Shoot. He's in Time Bandits. He oh, he's in Time Bandits, Bandits of course. He's the supreme being. Yes, he's the supreme being. Thank yeah. you. Um, Yeah, he, like, I don't, not just his gravitas and stuff, but, like, he, the way he reads, the, uh, the way he does the lines and stuff. And he sure. he's obviously a very accomplished actor. He's back, you know, in the day of Lawrence Olivier and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And, um. You can see it. Like he's just, he's just has a lot of presence and all this stuff, but he, he, you never doubt for a second that, you know, that's, he's in control, you know? So yeah. he has, I, I won't do the whole synopsis, but the important part is that he sees the entire film basically in a, in his cauldron, he sees the future and he sees his death and he tells, and he tells Galen that he's like, I've, you know, something that concerns you, my, my death, you know, and they could, you know, like he doesn't react to that. Nothing that nobody says anything more about that, <clears throat> but this contingent comes to for him. They've sought him out to come and save this village from the, or this kingdom from the, from the dragon. And he can't make the journey. So he, well, I don't, it's unclear whether he, he sought the whole test out or that just his convenience. Probably he just saw that he was going to die at some point. So he knew, Oh yeah, that has to happen because I have to get transported across the sea to this distant place. And I'm a little too old and frail for this long journey. Now that's, that's the part. I mean that I like the, I like the Hodges character, you know, the the cranky old helper that is with him. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because he says kind of what we're thinking that, yeah, that, that Galen's this silly fraud of a, apprentice mm-hmm. you know and he and he and he gets killed and that's also important because he has his ashes and he says as he's dying he's like oh, lake of fire and he's you know put it you know put it in the burning water he says burning water or whatever that's and then we don't we kind of forget about that and that comes back at the end it just takes so many other things happen in between that i think that's what really ruins ruins it for me it's like there's there's really, you know, you really should t- pay more attention to that than all the other hullabaloo. You know, the, mm-hmm. I mean, I like the lot. The lottery is also a very strong thing because, sure, you know, it combines sort of the the weird pagan ritual stuff with the dragon and and the you know the ne- nepotism of the king and not putting his daughter in and all this stuff happening. All that stuff is good. It's just there's just so damn much of it. I mean, it's the movie's almost two hours long. And you don't need all that extra stuff, really. You could have, you really could have sliced it down to the essentials, and 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 still had a good story. Now the effects aren't going to get any better, no matter what you do with the story. And that's, yeah. I think, ultimately what doesn't work. But mm-hmm. 
especially like, yeah, when she, the princess goes, you know, she's decides she's going to sacrifice herself and she goes into the cave and these tiny baby dragons that look like, I don't know what they look like, ghoulies or something, you know, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> they uh, dispatch her really fast. We don't get to see it, which is kind of dumb. I was like, oh, come on. Cause she doesn't even, you can't even tell she's dead. When I first saw it, I was like, wait, she's dead. I'm like, well, she can just hobble home without, without her foot. I mean, that's fine, right? She's missing her foot. <laughs> you can't see her die, but that's it. Like, we don't even, the king doesn't come looking for her. Nothing, no one cares. It's just, she's gone. Um, those effects are really bad. But then when you think about it, I mean, none of these, you know, this this time before computer graphics, before any sort of, you know, real... The composite shots are all bad, you know, like the yeah. When when he's that might just be a bad transfer though too. You think like they didn't? Yeah, because you know, when this when this got transferred over to VHS DVD, oh, that's a good eventually point. digital, they probably didn't do. They probably didn't scan the negative. They didn't used to scan negatives. They used to just scan a print, and scanners yeah. have gotten increasingly better over the years. Yeah, um, and now when they do a scan for like a 4K transfer or something from a film, they it, it well movies that weren't shot digitally, they scan the negative, and they use really high res scanners, and they really get a really really beautiful picture out of it. This was probably not not, and the first thing you know, the first thing you notice are the seams and any sort of optical effects and stuff. You see the gradients don't match, you know the dark mm. the, the blacks don't match, and so it's hard yeah. to say. If you saw in the theater, it probably looked better. That's what I was thinking. Like if I saw this in the theater back then when, you know, not that long after Star Wars really and effects just became a huge thing in movies. Yeah. Or they started be, becoming uh, better, I guess you could say. Yeah. Or, I don't know, but we were, we were used to that. We were used to, you know, like Clash of the Titans. People like that movie. Sure. And that that's dog shit. I mean, you yeah. can, you know, it's, it's, but it's sort of like, well, I mean, how else are you going to have a Kraken that's, that yeah. sets, sent stories high and, and, mm interact with with real actors i don't i don't know it's it, with the tools they had available you kind of shrug your shoulders and go okay well that's that's fine that's for that time that was fine mm -hmm. yeah but sure. but i think You've never seen anything better in your whole life than it right looks fine <laughs> right the other part <laughs> is I mean, the only movie you've ever seen in your life <laughs> you're gonna like it a lot more sure <laughs> you're stuck in a cave in a vcr and this is all you had yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's awesome well, another reason that I picked it and would be drawn to something like this is the dragon part. I mean, mm -hmm. I'll watch I'll watch anything with dragons. Mm. Um, I think it's uh, dragons and dinosaurs. Of course, you know, when Jurassic Park happened, they, you know, if you look at Jurassic Park now, it doesn't even look that great. Mm. I mean, it does, but it, but not every not every every single shot not every single thing they did was perfect that's the, true. the computer but for the time it was incredible yeah it was that wasn't the new uh, the new level the next yeah they raised the bar to that yeah and yeah. and the t-rex looked awesome and uh, it holds up pretty well though i, I watched it recently i was like yeah, it looks pretty good. Oh, I, don't get, don't get me wrong i love that movie but um but yeah we were we weren't expecting it, it to be perfect yeah you know but anyway, so dragons and and dinosaurs and stuff like that, big creature movies like that. I'm I'm just drawn to. But if you've never seen anything better, to you, it is perfect. Yeah. Right, and that's why you know, you like, know. Uh, George <laughs> R. Yes, George R. R. Martin and um, um, uh, who's the creature guy? Uh, Guillermo de Tormo. I mean, they they both really like this. You know, they remember this dragon being sort of iconic or something you know and 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 i and the the other movie <laughs> which we can't review because it's 2002 i believe is a reign of fire mm -hmm. um oh, and there's a sculptor wait. from that movie <laughs> there's a guy from that movie that said yeah we kind of based a lot on on this guy on this yeah. dragon yeah. yeah this dragon also has to see how yeah. influential this dragon was <laughs> it was it's kind of weird yeah um i love the name of the dragon yeah, Verm Vermithrax pejorative. <laughs> pejorative. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think um, 
Well, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. mean, Ralph Richardson's the best thing about this in terms of performances because he's he's like it's like having it's just like having um Alec Guinness in Star Wars. You know, it's mm-hmm. like what is this fucking guy doing in this movie? Same thing. You're you're like uh, you know, Ralph Richardson was the first, you know, I was just looking him up. I didn't know a whole lot about him. I knew he was in Time Bandits. I knew he was an accomplished actor, but you know, he was the first actor of his generation to be knighted, uh, followed directly after by Lawrence Olivier a year later, and then John Gilgood a couple years later. Mm-hmm. You know, when they were all friends and they were co-stars in various productions and in, in stage and film, and they were considered the greatest English actors of their generation. And they were, you know, Shakespearean actors. Yeah. And what and he's in this, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's weird. Just like, why was Alec Guinness in Star Wars? How did they convince, how did George Lucas convince Alec Guinness to be in Star Wars? It's crazy. I still don't, I still think it's fascinating. You don't think, you don't think he had enough of a script that, that Alec Guinness would have been like, oh yeah, I see, I see what you're doing here. No, I don't. No. <laughs> no. No. I know, I I know we're not supposed to. I'm surprised anybody <laughs> signed on to that movie after reading the script. George Lucas is a shitty writer. <laughs> All right. He's a good idea, man. He's a terrible. I thought you said he was a shitty director. <laughs> He's not a very good director. <laughs> Sorry, George. Oh, There's a reason be Empire is the best of the original trilogy is because you had the least to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway. Well, okay. <laughs> but yeah, this, so so he's very good in it. I mean, I like, I like that one. Okay. So when I watched it, every time I watched it, I'm maybe you have to watch it a bunch of times because if if you watch it once, there's continuity issues and there's sort of just sort of like, uh, I don't know, like they don't, they don't really emphasize certain things like the way you probably would in a modern movie. Yeah. That's maybe, I, I don't know if I'm saying that get getting to the point of that but um there's just like something about following what's going on it's kind of odd yeah. i mean you can you understand the basics of the the quest you understand that somehow his soul like well i mean like the amulet itself why what is the how does he know the amulet is you know because I, I think i read somewhere that that Galen sort of is like, oh, the amulet sort of response responds to me, and that was encouraging to him. So then he felt like he could be the master. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we're, that's exactly what we're supposed to take from it because it's not clear enough. You just see a light over here, and it moves over there, and he grabs, you know, yeah. he's got some ashes, and and he's then he's like playing, you know, he's doing tricks with an egg, and he he can do some basic sorcery stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I think one of the things that bothered me about this. M- about the effects in particular and sort of like the, I guess what you call the action scenes is that there's no ambition on display here. You know, it's not like they overreached. It's actually, it's sort of the opposite. It's like, well, we can't do the way it's almost like the writers and direct, the director was like, I have a vision of how this should look and we can't do it. So I'm not even hmm. going to try. You know, so the effects of like a floating backpack and having Hodge's clothes rip off and then just reversing the film so they come back on and having a floating egg as he's walking. Mm-hmm. Like these things are lame. Even in nineteen eighty one, that is fucking lame. You know, well, what did you what did you <laughs> It's like they're not even trying. I don't disagree, but at the same time, like well, <laughs> what did you prefer? I mean, I agree with, I do agree with you, but I also think that they're I think there was there was some intention there. I also think that they didn't want his tricks to be that good. But you're saying they just didn't look good on film. Well, it's just like hanging shit from fishing lines. Did you see lines? That's weak. No, I'm just saying that's probably what they did, and it's boring. Like, try. (laughs) Try something, you know? Make an effort, man. All right. Well, what did you feel? How did you feel about the the main villain, which is Tyrion, the he's, the big? He is fine. Head of he, not compelling, not, not no, good. I don't know. Felt a little like like what what the fuck is he doing? Why is he? Why did he kill the old guy? He so that, this is like a, and he's like yeah. and I would do the same to you for the same reason. All right. Well, what what was that? Yeah. So, well, he wanted to stop this whole nonsense. He wanted to keep. 
yeah, he wanted the lottery intact. He he was you know loyal to the king. Um, but I I agree. Like th- these are the little things that we're supposed to notice that weren't obvious enough. Like yeah. I think he he said, I think Tyrion's like, oh, who's that? Oh, he's this he's little. He's carrying. He's going to carry out his master's request. He doesn't see Galen. Galen's off in the pond with Valerian. Um. Yeah, he just decides to kill him because that's you know what he's supposed to do, and he he carries a threat the whole movie. But when the there's a big climactic battle, the only reason that Galen wins is because he's he. I assume Tyrion doesn't realize that his lance is is a. Uh, enchanted and it goes right through this big post he's like standing by this post yeah and he shoves it through the post and into Tyrion, and he's like and Tyrion's completely surprised that he's that you know he's been beaten and it's like oh okay well i guess you know i can see how that would work but again like not it was just there's not enough build-up for that there's not enough yeah reason for all these things to happen or like (laughs) the (laughs) when he um decides i think that he has to go and try to kill the dragon, you know, himself without any sorcery or whatever. He says, blacksmith, have you ever forged a weapon? And that's like the dumbest oh, yeah. question ever. I mean, come on, he's a blacksmith. Of course he's forged a weapon. <laughs> that too. What the hell are like, you talking about? I know, it's like, so. Mechanic, have you ever fixed a car? <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, there's there's clunkiness in all areas, and it's, I feel like the sum of its parts is better than what it looks like. As you, <laughs> the experience of the movie is isn't that great, but the sum of its parts, you can see what they're going for, I guess. Yeah. So you give him, I give him some points for that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I suppose. That's another great example of how a bunch of fascinating ideas don't come together to make a great movie. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing I do like it. So I'll be, I'm going to be the opposite of the devil's advocate today, apparently, because this movie needs it. Um, the uh, the idea of Dragon Slayer keeps shifting. Like first, well, you, you assume that somebody's got to be a Dragon Slayer, either Galen or the Sorcerer. Somebody's got to mm-hmm. do it, right? Right. And then when they forge that weapon, they call it dragon slayer, you know, so that the weapon is, Oh, it's really about the weapon. And then that doesn't work. And then by the end of the movie, the King who's skulking around and, you know, has been a, a shit the whole movie, um, finds the carcass of the dead dragon and puts his feebly puts his sword on it. And, and they're like, dragon slayer, all hail King, whatever the hell, guess whatever his name is. Yeah. It's a nice touch at the end. Yeah. So I like that. You know, I like that the, they're playing with the idea of, of slaying the dragon and who takes credit for it and why people, and then, oh, right. And then there's also like the converted priest guy that was like, oh, we've got to saved us from the evil, you know? And then yeah. by that time, everyone's like, ah, oh, forget it. We're out of here. They don't care. <laughs> We're out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, Galen so, and Valerian, they're like, okay, you guys take credit. You do whatever you want now. Like, Okay. So what I was saying before about not even trying, I feel like Clash of the Titans is a good example of like really kind of swinging for the fences, mm. you know, like they can't pull off like 80% of what they tried, right. <laughs> <laughs> but they tried, you know, and they did, they did the best they could with what they had, you know, and like, I admire it for that, I suppose, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's you ever see Darby O'Gill and the Little People? Sean Connery, sounds... Ireland. Uh... Oh, yes, I have. So, I have. like, the effects <laughs> in that are excellent. And it's all in-camera live effects. And it's all, like, forced perspective and shit. So it's like, you know, here's here's a filmmaker who's like, all right, I have limited tools. Here's what I can do well. And sort of tailors the film to that. If I feel like they could have done something. like Like, they could have said, all right, here's what we can do well. That looks really great, really seamless, really interesting. And then maybe here's some things we're going to try. But instead, they're like, we're going to do these things that aren't interesting at all. <laughs> you know, they're easy and they're lame, but whatever. Who cares? And then it doesn't necessarily go for all the dragon stuff. Like some of the dragon stuff looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, a mix of sort of the, you know, the 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 live, the the puppet 
type stuff and the models and then the flying shit and you know some of that was fine it's just everything else really irritated me yeah it's like ugh, so boring it was so boring well i imagine that they made the an outline for the film and they're like okay this is all the stuff we're gonna you know give this giant list of all the things that you want in the movie then they made an outline as for like how sequentially they should go mm-hmm. and then they just filmed it they never actually wrote the story they're just like, oh, we're doing this next. Oh, we're doing this next. Oh, we're doing, okay, this is the part where he discovers she's a girl. Okay, this is the part where this guy gets shot. Okay, this is, you know, and they, they never thread the whole thing together. There's no yeah. there's no common theme There's that brings it all together. I mean, there's also, mm-hmm. obviously, there's budget concerns. So, like, you got a movie called Dragon Slayer, you're going to save your money for the dragon. You know, right. you have limited resources, so you're going to put it all towards that. I think it was like 25% of the budget or something. Yeah, so I get it. Just, I don't know. I mean, even Kroll. You ever see Kroll? Yes. You know, they tried. <laughs> <laughs> I always expect you to, to pick that one, but I'm yeah, sure I Yeah, I always assume that you will. <laughs> Maybe someday. That's definitely a sword and sorcerer movie. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. Well... I mean, the, so Hal Barwood, the he and Matthew Robbins wrote this, and I believe it said they were inspired by the Sorcerer's Apprentice, mm-hmm, the the you know the Disney version, yeah. um, and I think that they, I like I said, they I I feel if they streamlined that and stuck with that and the lottery and that's about it, yeah. then a lot of these problems would go away. It also it, to me it also felt heavily influenced by. J.R. Tolkien and The Hobbit in particular. Mm-hmm. Like if Galen was just a little short Hobbit with Harry Feed, you'd be like, oh, they kind of just adapted right. the Hobbit here. Yeah. So Gandalf's <laughs> like, okay, well, you know, put me in these in a bottle and and you yeah. know bring me to Mount Doom. See on the other side. Or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean <laughs> I'd love to know if there's if you are a fan of this movie, if you're listening to this and you are like a true fan of this movie, I would love to hear your, your thoughts on this because I'm I'm a stand in for an actual fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think it's easy to be a fan of this movie if you were about nine years old when this came out, when you first yeah. saw it, and because it has all these things that you weren't seen anywhere else. You know, they, yeah. you weren't seeing anything like this on TV. There wasn't, you know, and even at the time, this was early for, for when fantasy, you know, the eighties had a lot of fantasy films, but the seventies didn't not, not shot in this way, not done yeah. this way. Like there's a, there's a lot that was new to a young audience at this time. And when you're that young, it doesn't, the, the flaws with the storytelling aren't obvious like you can i mean i think that's one of the things about doing this review you realize like hey when you go back it's like yes these things are not made you know with cohesiveness that stands up to being you know an adult (laughs) like we tortured our parents like (laughs) making them see all this they're like we're running out of the theater that was awesome and they're just like oh my god i'm raising a freaking idiot <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, part of it is that Paramount and Walt Disney are doing a joint venture, and it said that the first one was Popeye, and this is the second one. Jesus. And we know how p- people received Popeye. It was pretty odd, you know. It, yeah. it was not not received well. It was a lot of head scratching there. Some great performances, Time to be sure. Um. But I mean, <laughs> this got a PG rating and there's, you know, there's people that were going to, they thought they were going to see a Disney movie, you know? Yeah. So that, that didn't help. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's like brief, brief nudity. There's not much and there's not a lot of language or the violence is not too terrible. I don't think it's, I don't think it's inappropriate for kids. Um, I just think it's not intended for kids. Yeah. Intentionally so. I mean, it was not, they weren't making this for kids. They were, you know, some, they were looking for a, a fantasy adventure story and it just got carried away in places. I mean, the, the whole end, the whole end sequence 
I'm trying to remember where it lost me. I mean, I think it wasn't in the beginning. It wasn't even in the, you know, the confusing middle bit. And I liked the lottery bit. I think it was just after a while, you're just like, where, you know, when are they going to get this dragon? What's, what are we going to do with this dragon here? When, you know, and then he, yeah, I don't know how many times he goes or she goes in the mountain and everyone's kind of visiting. And finally, when they're about to leave, then he realizes, oh yeah, Hodge said this thing about burning water. I should, I should have uh, figured that out, you know, which is what we were waiting for the whole time. Yeah. And we've, we've almost forgotten by that point. We're like, oh, oh, yeah, right, great, the water stuff, great. I think that would have been better, too, if he had... I mean, I don't have, you know, like, the way he kind of... Because in the beginning, like, there's a lot of light things happening. Like, um, the sorcerer is sort of putting out lights and making lights happen. And, and that part, I thought, was pretty decent, you know? No? Anyone? <laughs> In the beginning, I thought the the effects were going to be pretty good because those first few scenes were pretty good. Yeah, yeah they're they're all right. Yeah, but then by the time we get to the lake and the, you know, yeah. then he's they've kind of lost me by that because now we're now there's yeah he's like spinning and he's walking through the water and it's just like yeah. well okay just just reappear we know what's going on here <laughs> although he does say you know he's like I don't suppose you brought anything to eat you know <laughs> I like that you know yeah, a bit yeah. of humor here and there sure. The, yeah. Um, so you were asking about reviews here and and yeah, people are like, oh, it's very entertaining along the lines of Princess Bride. And I was like, boy, what? wow. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, so I'm looking at through some of these like, hey, great movies, you know, one of the best fantasy films. And I was like, here's one. I first saw it when I was nine. OK, there you go. This person yeah. loves the movie. First, mm -hmm. Here's one. When I was 11, I dragged all my friends to go see this. Great. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I think, um, you know, I love this infinitely superior fantasy movie. I just infinitely superior to what fantasy movie. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um. Yeah, I was just looking yeah. through what, what people have. I saw this in the theater when it was 1981. What a surprise hit. Uh, so, <laughs> That's you funny you mentioned the Princess Bride stuff because with those ghouly little mini dragon things, I thought, oh, are U.S.'s? You know, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was about about that level of artistry in the in the effects like oh we were gonna we're just gonna pretend it's not a, a giant a person in a giant rat suit you know <laughs> yeah. we just kind of go with it you know yeah but by then i was like no i don't like why did why did they just chew one leg i don't know i just hated that scene yeah the um you know we we have spoken of star wars you guys saw the emperor in this yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> young palpatine there was some tidbit about the the effects guys in Return of the Jedi putting um, a, a Vermatrix uh, like model up with in the rank with the Rancor or something like just like, like they, were they were just messing around with him because <laughs> they knew about his about this movie in there. Yeah. And he was and then he was Senator, you know, then he was Emperor Palpatine. So I was like, oh, you're big time now. But look where you look where you started. Huh? <laughs> oh, here's, here's an interesting ago. thing. Uh yeah, Dragon Slayer came out when Dungeons and Dragons was just getting to be the big thing. Mm. Uh, that's that's a good little point there. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Maybe you could have used some more some of that. Like other than the the dragons and mini dragons, there are no other creatures in this movie. There's a horse. That's it. I mean, there's yeah. nothing Well, that's the other thing too, is this movie feels really small. Mm. You know, it doesn't feel like the world building is kind of it, it, it it's sort of it doesn't it doesn't seem very broad in scope it doesn't feel like they've created this whole world you know it feels almost like a stage production or something you know because mm. it just it doesn't feel epic in any way at all yeah it's a good observation too because when i saw the town the actual dragon goes and burns if it doesn't get one woman a year yeah. i was like wait a second that's it like, <laughs> like, and what does the dragon eat the rest of the time? Like, what? All of it is just like, huh? Is it only one I, one girl a year? Is that the it's thing? two a year? Oh, it's two spring, a year. Spring, spring and, and fall. They said it, it, huh. they said it had to be a virgin, right? It has right. to be a virgin. Well, they never say why, right? Like, well, what does that matter. The funny right. part is, that, and does he eat them yeah. or does he just kill them? 
Right. We only see one that's presumably burned and then, uh, yeah, I guess eaten, but. So uh, dragons are just inherently bloodthirsty. They must murder at least one human a year or they just go berserk. Yeah. Apparently every, once every six months, even though they're like 18 times. Well, they made a deal for that. That's This is not a normal dragon. This is a 400 year old dragon that's cranky and old. And they made and, a deal? Yeah, does that's what the, the king. Speak? No, I know. I remember them saying it, but okay. like, dragon <laughs> speak? Yeah. Does he I sound don't like think Sean so. Connery? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How would you compare that this movie to that movie? Dragonheart? Yeah. Dragonheart's fun. It's fun. I don't like the part. I don't like the talking dragon bit at all. No. I, I, I'm not saying I didn't like the movie. I'm just saying I like my dragons to be big and fierce and, and unknowable, you know, not have uh, not Sean no. Connery. I, okay. That, that's a, that's a very, that's a valid point. That's my, that's my preference. Sure. It, it kind of it, it you lose this sort of sort of uh, the, the sort of magical horror of it all. If yeah. the dragon's like, "Hello there, sir." Yeah, yeah. You're you're shorter than my teeth. Let me undo that knife, that armor. I get to know you, as money, penny, whatever. This <laughs> <laughs> money, penny, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. No, I, I, but I'll watch. I'll watch all those movies. I'll watch any movie that has a dragon in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just a sucker for it. So yeah. yeah, Reign of Fire is the other kind. Is the big bad? It's it's an apocalyptic dragon. Yeah. Um, most people didn't go for that movie at all. I I, I think it's crazy. That movie's awesome. That movie's great. I, I will go, I will die on that. Odd. It's got it's got <laughs> issues, but holy shit, it's so entertaining. It's so entertaining. And it's a great <laughs> premise. It's such a cool premise. And even like Matthew McConaughey, like getting all. You know, aggro and and yeah. bail and that his performance is so up. over the top. It's just bananas. <laughs> I love it. Just like, I agree. What are you I doing, agree. dude? <laughs> Every time he talks, you're like, what? <laughs> what? What is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, that movie's actually uh, could be on our list. That's oh yeah. Future no. point. Dragonheart. Oh, I thought. Oh, oh Dragonheart. Dragon Oh, wait, which one? Oh, Rain of Fire. Okay. No, I think that came out in 2001. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, I was thinking, because Sean Connery was Dragonheart. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't be mad if anyone picked that. It's it's not like... Dennis Quaid is great. He's great in everything he does. I love him. But, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I prefer it less quirky and more just... I mean, that. so in this movie, like, we see... They gradually sort of show us the dragon, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I didn't like the tail bit for some reason. I like the claw and the big head coming up. I like all those shots that they'd had, but I didn't like this giant tail. That's like, Oh, now she's trapped on the tail. And now the, the tail is smashing this wagon over here. And now here's the tail again over here. You know, like what? Okay. Enough with the tail already, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but I like, you know, that they gradually sort of, sort of show us the dragon, but then, you know, later on, then we when every time it's every time it's flying in the air, it's like I don't know. Yeah, doesn't doesn't yeah, look it that looked, it looked weird. It kind of looked like a kite. Yeah, it looked it's like, like a kite. hey, I'm gonna build a kite that looks like a vaguely like a dragon and fly that fucker around. Yeah, times. I guess the I kept, cat, you know I kept yeah. thinking about. Don't, I don't want to go back to Rain of Fire. I want to know what you kept thinking about. But when the <laughs> dragon's flying around and like shooting fire as mother, I kept picturing Rain of Fire. Which is really the first and only time I've ever seen this sort of conceit, which makes sense, where a, a dragon is basically hovering like a hummingbird mm. over a walled city, just raining fire down on it and destroying fucking everything. Yes. Like the imagery of that scene is awesome. Yes. It's so cool. He's just like yeah. in place. Right. You know, like a helicopter with a machine gun mowing down people. It's the making passes, <laughs> you know, like you usually see. Yes. Uh, you know. sort of putting it in Rambo terms for me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's. I think it's perfect. It was, it, you know. So I kept thinking about that when I was watching Dragon Slayer and thinking how superior Rain of Fire is in that regard. And I, I know it's not entirely fair. It's not fair at all, but it's totally true. Yeah. And and you know, uh, Game of Thrones dragons are now yeah. the standard, and they're good too. I don't. I still think Rain of Fire is probably better, but yeah. But they're menacing and big, and they and they can, yeah, they can they can ra- rain death on commands, which is pretty cool, you know, yeah. as a device. I was really happy this dragon didn't have a bunch of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. They mentioned gold a couple of times though. That's weird. Yeah. 
I don't know why they, they kept talking about, well, the king wants to turn lead into gold. I think he tries to use the amulet yes. for that. But it's yeah, just, it's yeah, like, one of those random like things. like unnecessary detail, too. There's a lot of that. We don't need that in there. Turn fat, people. I was impressed with Peter McNichol's horse riding, and apparently that's no accident. Hmm. He's, uh, he, he was, he grew up riding horses or something like that. I don't know. Uh-huh. Did you read the thing about how this came to how he got into this movie no it was like he's in minnesota i don't know if it's universe he's he's, in, he's doing a stage production of something and some and someone was like you do really well in new york and so then he moves to new york and shows up at this person's door you know like a month later or something and 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 he's like well you don't happen to have anything he's like oh actually and then they immediately sent him to audition for this movie what i don't know if that was yeah i think it was in wikipedia but then he's uh, then he had to rent a place in in london and then he's in the movie yeah it's first first film so it was pretty crazy start to a career but i don't yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't know what he was meant to do but i don't know i really wasn't him in ghostbusters too He's very good. He's very funny in Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Very funny. No, yeah, yeah, no. I, I like him as an actor. I do. I I just yeah. don't just don't get this this. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Sam, you don't remember him in Ghostbusters too? No, I don't remember Ghostbusters too. I saw it at the theater never again. It's not very good. I remember that. I remember that the the way they beat him at the end is everybody just has to love each other. Well, kind of. <laughs> It, it's not it's not great yeah well and they turn uh the statue of liberty into a Ugh. they use a nintendo controller and uh it's so spray stupid. spray goo all over it yeah it's so dumb and then play music so it moves i can't remember the mo- the music they played it's, um our love it? keeps taking me higher <laughs> <laughs> i just i just remembered the bobby brown song yeah. i was gonna say bobby brown yeah, that's pretty that's not a bad song yeah <sighs> remember the, the rap from that one? Oh, <laughs> ghostbusters yeah the bobby brown ghostbusters song. are yeah. on the scene yeah what is that <laughs> yeah. well, i thought it's because they're in control or something yeah and then, yeah and there's this Something about Vigo, the master of evil, going to battle my boys. Battle my boys. That's not legal. <laughs> you know it. Uh, yeah. I remember oh, that. man. That was enough. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Yeah. What we're doing next. Are we all tidied up? Everything's are we done taken care of? Was there anything you note about the music? The music was actually as a uh, Alex North did the music and he d- used some of the stuff that he didn't get into 2001 a space odyssey. Yeah. Because, because Kubrick was like, eh, I'm going to go with this other stuff here and Good fantasy, save that for something else. Yeah. And I, apparently he wasn't thrilled that they didn't, they only used bits and pieces and they had, he had, he had themes worked out for everything. Hmm. Like everything about this movie that it was way too much. Everything was too much. He had yeah. worked way too hard on it and they only used part of it. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. We're, we're doing sea work here, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. I think that's about it. I don't know. Oh, the, the I mean, I looked at the director. I, I don't think I'd seen many of his Matthew Robbins. He's done well, Sugarland Sugar Express. Yeah. I mean, he wrote it. Um, as a okay. director, he did his first film was Corvette Summer, starring Mark Hamill. Oh, he also directed a movie I've always liked that's on my list called The Legend of Billie Jean. Batteries Not Included, which yep. is like you know oh. such a Spielberg movie. But as a hmm. writer, yeah, he's got you know Sugarland Express and a bunch of other stuff. Mimic he wrote with um, uh, what's uh, what's his name? Uh, my brain just shut off. Guillermo del Toro? Yeah, we were just talking about Guillermo del Toro. Ooh, uh, he's, oh, yeah, Toro, not Toro. Yeah, he's got something to peak together, um, which is all right. Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, he's he's accomplished. He's got some stuff that's decent. I mean, pretty much everything I just listed is better than this. 
<laughs> well, I, maybe he. I was. This was kind of early in his career, I assume, yeah. as a director. Yeah. So maybe he just didn't have the clout to be like, okay, people, let's let's get serious about this. Yeah, well, I mean, know? his like his his sort of his his Matthew Robbins' career uh, beginnings is pretty interesting. He got an MFA at USC, and he began writing screenplays with his writing partner Hal Barwood, who he wrote this with. And in a period of three years, they wrote and sold six scripts. Mm, that's incredible. That's amazing. And one of those was Sugarland Express, which they won an Oscar for. So, you know, it's it's a pretty auspicious beginning to a career. You know, just coming out of the gate like that's crazy. And I'm just going to throw this on there. This is not about Matthew Robbins, but this did get nominated for awards like, you know, Best Visual Effects, which lost to Raiders really? of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, wow. best, uh, original score, which lost to chariots of fire. Yeah. Well, um, you know, so it was, it was getting some recognition, but yeah, I don't know. The effects on the rares lost arc are so much better. And they're probably both ILM, right? Yes. It, that's, that's exactly right. It was the other <laughs> entry by ILM. So it lost ILM lost to ILM. So, huh. you know, I guess that's not so it's all rigged. <laughs> and they used like they something called go motion i guess when there's a little instead of stop motion they had the can't there's a there's like visual blur or something i don't know i mean they well yeah i read about stuff that. about and, that and it's like it it's not it's not stop motion animation if you're filming the movement of a mechanized right. model <laughs> you know then it's just shooting a, a, a model moving <laughs> Right. There's something special about that. Why not just do it that way? I mean, they're right. That's the big drawback to stop motion animation is there's no motion blur, so it doesn't look real. Like Clash right. of the Titans was stop motion. Yeah. Right? Yes. So you don't accept it as real because there's no motion blur. It looks bizarre. And most people probably can't even put their finger on it. You know? mm. This is true. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, they had... They had I mean... Not to totally discount it, they did use computers to control the motion of these, like computer-controlled uh, models, so they, re, you know, recreate the same motion over and over and stuff like that. Which is, uh, you know, techniques still used today. They use for compositing, you mm. know, shoot the same sort of camera move controlled by a computer on track, and it's exactly the same. You know, there's no variation at all, so they can composite, you know. A, a tiger chasing a dude without having a dude in the same room as a tiger, you know, <laughs> but still have the camera tracking and it's not, so it's not static, but so there, yeah. you know, there's something to be said for that, but like, wait, giving are you it saying all the tiger chases aren't real? No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe uh. they are. <laughs> um, Alex North also did the music, the music for good morning Vietnam. So we probably missed a double few up. double ups, but I uh, got that one anyway. Well, I don't. I don't think there's any other dollops for the main actors. I don't think so. Yeah, but you know, I didn't check cinematographer. I don't know if the interns did all that, but I don't go too deep. Yeah, okay. you can go too deep on this one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I feel I feel like we've covered pretty much everything. Mm hmm. So now so, do you guys want to choose what we're doing next? Choose? We choose your adventure? Yeah, and get to choose. I All hope right. it goes better than it did for me. Well, one is an obscure documentary that I don't think any of us have seen. Mm -hmm. And the other is something that um, I thought of because we were talking about Fletch and how often does it work that you have the same main character played by different main you know different actors in different films but it's, it's supposed to be the same character instead mm -hmm. so of going off that idea a reboot mm. would you call that well, yeah because the, yeah with the, the you know the fletch obviously reboot with a different person being fletch is you know like the main not just a different actor but a different like style of actor yeah yeah you know, completely different not just they didn't just hire a different comedian they hired an actor who has done some funny stuff here and there, but nothing on that level. Right. 
So our choices are an obscure documentary or a reboot. Is there anything more to the reboot? No. Popular just, character, I'm assuming. Yeah, just uh, uh yeah. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm intrigued by both. You wouldn't. You can't like say Batman is like that, though, can you? Because Batman's been done so many times that we. Well, Batman say, is one. I mean, it's well. At, at one point, you could say it because there weren't that many Batmans. The same with Supermans and things like that. But I mean, you're right. With you, you start going down that route. Well, some okay. char- some characters are above the actor who portrays them. I think. Right. Uh, well, well okay. James Bond too. You right. know, you have these huge series, but mm-hmm. then other times you have something that they did. You know, two or three movies where you know. More can I ask? Good. Can I ask that? Then is it not a Bond or a? Superhero? It's not Bond or superhero. Okay. Okay. I'm intrigued. Mm. The the um, the documentary has Eric Roberts in it, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only person who I recognized. Okay. And the other one, I'm not giving you any hints because as soon as I do, you guys will will, will Eric will, Roberts. Yeah, that's odd. In a documentary, it has to be about like making movies or the Roberts family or some. Maybe not. Maybe it's uh Well, anyway, I, which way you guys want yeah, to go? Come on, what do you? I think I feel like we're leaning toward the reboot. I vote for the reboot. Yeah, we want the reboot. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, the reboot is about these Japanese kids in, who are in World War Two, and who are starving. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. The reboot is not what I'm picking. But one of them, at one point, was Harrison Ford. One of... Wait, what? One of the characters... Wait, Harrison Ford... Yeah, you're talking about about Tom Clancy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jack Ryan. Yeah. for Red October? Yeah. All right. Well, that was the first one. Yeah, I said we're not doing the the Harrison Ford not, version. Oh, you're not. You didn't pick the reboot. You picked the original. Yeah, gotcha. So we're so yeah. you picked the Hunt for an October. Yes, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it since. I think I saw it once after I saw it in the theater, but in with, within the same couple of years. Wow, I can't believe you only have seen it twice or. You know that that few times I watch it all the freaking time. I can't stop. I've probably seen it. I've seen it maybe three times. I bet three or four. Times. Really, both of you yep. guys? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've I seen it more than twice. That movie. But some of it sticks with you forever. You yeah, know? that's true. Hey, you fargan ass. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. okay. actually, that might be the only part that sticks with you forever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway. it's no Dragon Slayer, but I guess we'll we'll muddle through. Yes, yeah. I mean this has been our best review. Oh yeah. Despite despite its shortcomings, this review has been top notch. Oh yeah. Oh, Hunt for October's on Netflix. Oh sweet. Nice. Yeah. All right. You guys want to know what the documentary was, or just save it for the future? I do. I'll save it. Sure. I want to know. <sighs> Tell me. We're going to look it up anyway. <laughs> you know, it's, called, it's called Star 80. It's about uh, oh, I, I, a guy who uh, was excited, to, thought his wife was beautiful and she could be a Playboy model. And then when she actually becomes one, he goes kind of crazy and yeah. ends up killing her. I've seen that, actually. Holy cow. You have? Yeah. I'm oh. watching, watching uh, college, I believe. It's directed by Bob Fosse? The, the dancing guy? Yeah. Is it is it a documentary though? I don't know. If no, it it's is. not a true documentary. I don't not. think it's, it's a true. It's a, regu- it's a narrative film. It's just biographical. It's a, a biopic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah biographical Mar- drama. Mariel Hemingway is in it. 
Oh, yeah. Maybe. And Eric Roberts. I didn't read enough about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing we're going to see The Hunt for Red October. Yeah. <laughs> Please join us. <laughs> All right. I'm still keeping this one on my list for the future. Yeah, yeah. it still sounds good. All right. Well, that's enough movie buff. I'm out. All right. Slay some dragons. <laughs> This has been the film with your brains. Thanks for listening. Peace. See you next time. It's the film with your brains. We won't see shit. It's a podcast, Nimrod.